Hello, my pancake peeps, my bacon brigade. Before the show starts, take a second to subscribe and leave a review, share with some friends, and while you're listening, make sure you check out the Breakfast Store with so much amazing merchandise at breakfast.com. People of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you've arrived at another episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope, and my guest today is editor extraordinaire Jeremy Cohen. You know his work from things like Young Rock, a Children's Hospital. Uh, Fresh Off the Boat, Burning Love, one of my favorite shows. We also had Breakfast from Home State, a Texas kitchen in Highland Park, and that was absolutely delicious. So let's go, and I don't even have to say the order in the right word because editors can order the change. Because we have Jeremy Cohen today on Breakfast. Pick it up! Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. I could go on a Hallmark card. <laughs> My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. Yeah, it's character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Let me screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Hey, how's it going, Brett? Hi. So can you edit that later so I say the words in the right I don't know. Order? I mean, that was you, you, your cadence was a little messed up. It Dang might sound it. a little odd. Well, yeah. there's no going back now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jeremy Cohen, you uh, are an editor, which sometimes I think I know everything the editors have to do, but I probably don't. So we're going to get really kind of in-depth in that because I've okay. never had an editor, a person that gets paid to be an editor okay. on the All show. Right. Where did you grow up, and and was editing always? Um, I, I imagine that's not something you really imagined doing when you're a kid. Was there something else creative, or did you? I mean, I I was interested in uh, storytelling and different and narrative film and storytelling, um, and you know was a writer and had directed some stuff as well, and then also was getting a lot of practice editing, and then kind of um, when I was looking for employment, ended up finding it through editing um, and uh, really enjoy it because it gets to be you get to be kind of a jack of all trades you do get to ply being a writer I also love music so I get to integrate that and you have to do sound and you have to shape a performance um, so it, it, it is kind of like a fun jack of all trades kind of thing uh, where you get to dip your toes into a lot of different aspects of filmmaking and you grew up did you you were on the East Coast somewhere, right? Yeah. Well, I moved around a lot. So um, we were on the run from the law. Yes. And uh, no, we, my That's dad. That's the first was, time I heard of you. You were yeah. famous, infamous, I guess. Uh, well, they, yeah, they never caught us. So correct. That's, that thing I told you about being that guy that was on, you're not supposed to. Right. But, but yeah. I thought statute of limitations were, you were good and you're on yeah. the other side of the Mississippi. Right. Different I rules. I mean, it's really my parents that are liable, so I guess we're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were bank robbers. No, I, uh, I, um, w- yeah, my dad was a doctor in the army, so we moved around a lot with the army. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. And then eventually he left the army and we kept moving. And my parents have still kept moving even after, but I, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, and Connecticut, I grew up in. Wow, and then uh, was in then lived in New York after college. I went to college in Michigan, and we we're um, a bit of rivals, right? Yeah. Are you a U of M guy? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Then went to New York for almost a decade, and then moved out here. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that your uh, your dad was in the army. So yeah. anything about that that uh, made it an interesting type of uh, dynamic? 
I know my dad was in the Navy, and there's certain things that I. I mean, he did. He did get to. He worked at Walter Reed uh, when we were in the D.C. area, which was pretty cool. Like that big, yeah. you know. But um, it, it's funny because my dad was always. My dad would always come home and be like, "Oh, what they're doing with medicine these days? Like, never become a doctor. Don't go into medicine." Yeah. And then later on, uh, <laughs> when I was, I was saying somebody asked me in front of my father, "How come you didn't become a doctor? Or consider that." And I'm like, "Well, my dad always said never become a doctor," <laughs> and he was like. Wait, what? Like, like you took that seriously? And I'm like, yeah, you, you literally would say it all the time. Why would I not take it seriously? That's funny. Well, I know you and I met when uh, I was doing the sketch show Top Story Weekly at now the now defunct iOS. Pour, um, pour one out. Yeah, pour one out. And you, uh, I'm not going to pour something on the floor of the podcast booth, though. Yeah, we just did that last show. Is it still? <laughs> eh, it's mostly dry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you poured that out. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. So you wrote a lot of sketches, and we were trying to think. I remember your sketches being have a very funny point of view. I thought, so it makes sense that you wanted to be, you're a storyteller. Who are some of your influences as a creative type person? I'm going to blow your mind and let you know that I'm a super nerd. First thing I ever edited in high school was actually interviews with Joseph Campbell, who did the, he did studied comparative mythology and stuff, and came kind of what the common themes were throughout all different stories in mythology, and George Lucas had used that ostensibly to craft the original Star Wars movies. Yeah. So I actually, in high school, cut together like a thing about Star Wars as mythology with basically the clips of Joseph Campbell intercut with scenes from the movie and stuff, and they uh, ended up using that to teach for a couple years for the English classes at the high school I was at afterwards. So I'm like, those kids that followed me got to study Star Wars in English class. So. Wow. I've heard a couple people, like in the last month, talk about these conversations they've had with George Lucas, yeah. where it has basically been something like you walking up to me and saying, uh, hey, so I went to college in Michigan. And he's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, no, you did not. You did this. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was something, I think there was like a, I heard something, it was like a Conan O'Brien podcast. Yeah, on Con- Conan, and I heard yeah. somebody else say it too, where he had like, he basically had just... Seth Rogen also? It was yeah, a, and Seth yeah, Rogen, yeah, that yeah. was on his podcast, but like, yeah. I heard it somewhere else too, where like, he was just so sure about something and yeah. was just, did not want to be told that he was wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, you, oh yeah, no, it was like Conan, it was Conan was saying like, oh, how are you doing now that your show's done? And he's like, I'm still working. And he's like, no, you're not. No, you're, you're retired. <laughs> yeah. You're not TV anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's also like I like I said, I read all these uh, themat. I mean, and, and they are still in there, but like I read all this like profundity into Star Wars, and then the prequels came out, and I was like, okay, maybe I was wrong. But uh, I mean, there 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 still are some interesting themes in those movies, and even Absolutely. if they're terribly, 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 terribly executed. But right. Well, I, but post- I mean, who? I mean, what relevance is there to how a democracy turns into a fascist state? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the closest thing I have to like, and it's just like someone else telling me a story about being at the Skywalker Ranch was, I don't know if you remember when Bobcat Goldthwait did. Top oh, story I weekly, do remember that. Yeah. And I happened to be wearing uh, backstage. I was wearing a Star Wars shirt. That yeah. Day. I don't remember what kind of Star Wars shirt it was. Yeah. But he said, he goes, "Oh, you're like a Star Wars fan." I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "He goes, I just went to the Skywalker Ranch." And he started telling me all these stories. He goes, "Yeah." That Princess Leia, uh, Slave Leia bikini, because it's pretty much just eaten up by moths. <laughs> and he goes, uh, Jabba the Hutt. And I go, yeah, Jabba the Hutt. And he goes, yeah, it's just like this thing of dried ooze with two eyeballs sitting on it. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, that's so crazy. <laughs> 
Uh, now, you imagine that stuff being kept in like pristine condition. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But we also forget that things that are made for a movie aren't necessarily meant to last for a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Although, I did do a fitting, gosh, where was it? It must have been at Fox, where the, all the fitting rooms were kind of full. So they just put me in this room, and a bunch of the original Planet of the Apes costumes were in there. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and I was just uh, getting did dressed. You try them on? Yeah. So weird, getting yeah. dressed around Dr. Zayas's. <laughs> Is that the where they have that, there's that little area in their costume building where they actually have like a little museum of costumes. Yeah, I that, had to go change it, in there once. <laughs> oh, that's where you changed. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, somebody told me. I mean, like I had been on uh, when we fresh off the boat was on the Fox yeah. lot, and uh, you know, for six years I was there, and somebody had told. I mean, like I only found out towards the end that this existed, and I went in there, and I'm like, this is awesome. I think that I don't remember what other there were some cool costumes in there. The Fox lot is super fun to walk around if you've never got a chance to be on the Fox lot because they have yeah. all they do have all these like cool like Star Wars paintings, murals in different yeah. places. They have um, a young Frankenstein one that they uh, yes. did a couple years ago. Where do you fall on the young Frankenstein uh, train? I mean, I hope there's only one side, but to me, it's like one of the top two or three funniest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. To I, me. I, I enjoy young Frankenstein. I don't know that I love it as much as uh, some people do. I actually rewatched it during the pandemic, but uh, yeah, because um, remote movie watching with friends was a was a... Uh, pandemic life raft for me. So yeah. I had a lot of different friend cohorts that we would do like little remote movie views. Right. And Young Frankenstein we watched. And I, I, I enjoy it, but I was also just kind of like, all right. You know. For me, the scene with, and I, I get that perspective because some of the things. I've also, you know, you've seen it so much. I've seen it so many times. Yeah. But every time I see the scene with, um, oh God, who is it? Uh, as the blind man. It's not Gene Hackman. Is it Gene Hackman? Yeah, it is Gene yeah, Hackman. Gene Hackman. <laughs> As the blind man that that wants a visitor, and then the monster shows up. Yeah, that physical comedy in that scene. Yeah. It makes me laugh every time. And Peter Boyle is so good. Yeah, lights and, his thumb on fire and then just and, stares at oh, it for like five yeah. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> the soup in the crotch, the hot Wait, soup in the crotch. And actually, though, the Cloris Leach. What's the Cloris Leachman? There's a couple Cloris Leachman bits that are killer. Oh, she's sh- like he wanted to. What was it? I don't know. I'm not gonna. Uh, look. Yeah. yeah. I could quote that movie like all day. Terry yeah. Garr is amazing. Obviously, Gene Wilder is so good. Yeah. Um, the guy that plays the inquisitive student at the beginning of the movie is actually uh, this. He's uh, since passed away, but it was this. He was a casting director named Danny Goldman. Okay. Who also was Brainy Smurf. So, wow. Yeah. All right. That's some, that's some trivia. So yeah, I, I met him. Uh, at a ca- first casting workshop I ever did with a casting director, I was like, "Oh, cool! I got to do a casting workshop with Brainy Smurf, and he was in Young Frankenstein." That's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, Young Frankenstein aside, done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like you did start editing stuff. Kind of, you know, it, it was a thing you did for a long time. I in college, when we were editing in college, it was still like, well, it was audio that I was editing, but yeah. it was still like splicing stuff. Yeah. And I was just so not good at that and right. hated it. Um, yeah, I remember in school, like, you know, when they first were teaching us the stuff. Yeah, I mean, we we were splicing and, and uh, taping like things. Like using actual film. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I was kind of horrified. I was like, I was like, this is still the technology? How is right. this not advanced? And they had Avids, but they weren't as, there weren't as many of them, so they didn't have, like, Everybody using them, but I kind of went out of my way to try to get more experience on that stuff while I was at school because yeah. I was like, "This will pay off," or, or, or not even necessarily. It wasn't necessarily like this will pay off, but it was like I might not be able to. Or yeah, 
this is where things will this is better skill to have than right. that stuff yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I did do I did even when I moved to New York I did work on uh, one or two short films that were cut on uh, flatbed and stuff oh cool um, and now, enlisted my friend because I wasn't as good at it as she was. But, right. Yeah. yeah, we did have, I think, in the University of Nebraska, we did have one or two avids right yeah. about when I was about to leave. So I never really, I should have taken the time to kind of yeah. learn it, but I didn't really. I'm a senior. I'm not learning new stuff. Right. <laughs> hey, well, I mean, I've been saying, and I won't, you know, for decades since college, like, you know, I should really sit down and learn Photoshop and After Effects better. I yeah. think After Effects was... Already there. I'm not sure. But, yeah. So when you're editing, take me through the pro- – let's let's just uh, – I'll just try to get some context because I have no idea how long it takes to edit. Let's say you're working on Fresh Off the Boat, right? From the time you get all the footage – do you get all the footage at the same time or do they give you, like, a certain part of it and then you, you work it in chunks or – Well, you basically get – so, like, on a, on a – yeah, on a scripted show that's uh, shooting week by week, like Fresh Off the Boat, you get uh, the day – what they shot the day before the next day. So they whatever they shot Monday, I get Tuesday morning. And basically, my main... What I'm supposed to try to do is keep up to camera, which is basically I cut everything that they shot the day before the next day. So, so you're editing as they go, yeah, kind of. Yeah. So there's no... So you're like, whatever scenes they shot, you're, those are done the next day? Or are they just kind of ready to be edited? I just get all the footage. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got to put it together, basically. Okay. And then, and then uh, you know, once in a while, I'll see that there's something missing or there's a problem with the footage or... And that doesn't happen that often. But once in a while, I'll have to put up a flag and be like, oh, guys, we need to... We didn't get this or we need to get this or... Um, uh, and now, that, that's the, you know, benefit of shoot, doing it while they're still shooting. Right. You know? Makes sense. You can kind of keep up to date on it. So is that... Is that why sometimes then you'll, let's say if I'm working on a show like Silicon Valley, they hit me up and they say, hey, we need you to come in and do ADR. Is it because it couldn't be edited together the way it was right? usually? Or they realize, oh, this is missing this one line that we really need? It's, uh, it, can be, it can be either of those things. Yeah, sometimes it's like somebody didn't speak clearly enough. Yeah. Or sometimes it's, yeah, we need to bandage up some, like sometimes you need to, um, you know, cut things out or, or things weren't even written well enough to make something a point clear or you realize oh this is actually about this not about this and you have to enhance the story so yeah you'll throw uh an adr line in there to help massage it a little bit or to to fill in some of the gaps or to add a joke sometimes you know are there times when obviously adr is when you have to add in new sound sometimes you're you go i'll go let's say if it was me i go in the studio and they show me the footage and i'm going to talk right over it and make it sound more clear or sometimes it's I'm not on camera, but they're still having me say a line while the other person's on camera so they can hear it. Is there times when that doesn't work and they still need to sh- completely go back and shoot another scene again? Does that happen? Not from failed ADR, no. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, just from something being missing that they just kind of like. Oh, oh yeah, it depends on the budget and the time frame of the project. I I don't. Um, we I mean I, like there was some stuff. There are things on shows where they uh, um, will go, you know, we'll, we'll be like, actually, we need to enhance this, and they'll get some extra shots and stuff even um, f- a little further down the line. But uh, actually writing a new scene or doing another bit, that th- for the stuff I've been doing, that doesn't happen that often. I mean, I know that 
that happens a little bit more in features. I, I Marvel stuff is kind of notorious for doing reshoots and reworking. Like they kind of shoot stuff, you know, and then look at it after they've put it together and they're like, okay, we gotta we gotta revise this, we gotta do this, and they go back in. Right. Now, so working on something like Burning Love, which uh, huge fan of this. It's just yeah, so, so ridiculous. So silly and, and so really, fun. if you go back and look at it, like every single person is like a major working actor. Yeah. Uh, so just talent level. Out the off the yeah out off in I don't know somewhere in relationship to the roof yeah it's above the roof yeah. or like if there were rails they would be off <laughs> off them. the rails not yeah. on the rails yeah, yeah. so yeah. let's use the train analogy off the hook the, the, yeah yeah uh, if there's a hook they're not on the hook no they're the they're located adjacent to the hook off the hook off the rails <laughs> over the roof I still can't get the roofing right I don't yeah. know <laughs> but anyway really talented people on Burning Love my yeah. question is. When you're editing something like that, I imagine, because a lot of those actors are very good improvisers. Yeah. Is that a project where there was a lot more improvising going on? Yes. And if, okay, so then my follow-up question then is, does that make it easier or harder for you to do your job? Because obviously you've got more stuff to work with. It's, uh, yeah, well, so actually that was my first, so I I started out in scripted stuff and then uh, through a variety of different detours ended up in reality television for a long time, yeah. uh, working in reality TV, and then um, moved out here and proceeded to continue to work, to try to get into scripted and then continued to work in reality TV for a while. Burning Love was my first opportunity to do something quote-unquote scripted, but it was very... It was scripted, but it was highly, highly improvised, like right. you're saying. And I was a fan of all these comedians and stuff, and I like literally you know, um, sit down at my computer, and there'd be like one little scene description that just says... You know, Julie talks to her suitors, and then I would have an hour and a half of improv with June, Diane, Raphael, and and Rob, Rob, uh, I almost said Rob Shear, Rob Hubel, and Paul Shear, yeah. and like all these, you know, it's and it's hilarious, and I'm and Nick Kroll, yeah, and I was just like, I was actually, especially in my first time, uh, was kind of like immobilized, like I was like, how am I supposed to do, you know, because yeah, you would just start cutting it down, cutting it down into the best bits, and yeah. then. Uh, but yeah, it does make your job. It, it's definitely a lot harder to time wise. It takes a, more time to do to shape something like that because you find you have to hone and find what the big standout moments are, and then how to bring the narrative to those moments, and uh, and so you have to shape it. Um, that takes a lot more work than uh, like fresh off the boat is pretty cut and dry. There's not yeah. there once in a while there's some improv, but it's not it's to the script, you know. Yeah, and um, on, on burning love. My perception is that it might be a little easier to cut it together because you don't have to. There's not a whole scene going forward. It could be just like the talking head talking. You can go yeah. back and forth between different things as much as you want, which yeah. might make it a little easier to cut together. But you've got a lot more options. Yeah. Well, the thing is that it's like because there's not a story. I mean, it still has to move things forward. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to figure out what how to make it into a story. Or, right. Or, so it it's a little more challenging. Or it takes a little more time, you know. But uh, yeah, you also um, we would do some pickups of those interview bites, so you could actually slate some in and say gotcha. like, "Then so and so says this," or um, yeah. And actually, yeah, and that's where some of the writing gets uh, some. You know, I'm not sure if specifically on burning eh, burning love, I might have had one or two jokes that you know I helped yeah come up with. Uh, definitely some of the other ones like um, Hot Wives, which was another yeah. reality spoof right. uh, that was on Hulu with like Casey Wilson and stuff that. Yep. Uh, that uh, um, you know, as an editor, you still get to do some of the oh, that's cool. writing. Uh, yeah. Burning Love 
is a spoof of like the Bachelor or the Bachelorette type show. So it's kind of interesting that you're working in reality, and then you the first thing you get to do that's not reality is like a fake reality. Well, that's show, how right? I got. They, yeah. they, they wanted people who had cut reality to cut it, and uh, because they wanted that people who knew the style, you know, and because there are certain rules like when you're cutting reality, like that you um, change up music cues every thirty to forty seconds. Like mm. you don't want to stay on one music cue, right? For too long, you have to change it and keep the gears moving. And uh, I'm snapping. Um, nice. Keep uh, it snappy, kid. Yeah, keep it snappy. Keep it snappy. So you want to, uh, you know, they don't, they don't. Uh, you need to keep it, keep some sense of momentum. Right. So, uh, um, and it's also, you know, and we did it a lot on Burning Love. You do that kind of turn on a dime switch of emotion, uh-huh. like where something's like really dramatic, and then all of a sudden it turns like very sentimental. Right. You know. <laughs> So and you just do like a you do like a reverse uh, symbol swell like whoosh, yeah and you know so it's like do 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 yeah nice. slow piano ding ding you know it's <laughs> great yeah so. I have to say I've met Paul Shear yeah maybe like four times and every time I meet him he's just like I did not know how he was going to be because he plays a dick really well. <laughs> he plays the total loser yeah. really well. Yeah, yeah. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, he's and super And just awesome like guy. super yeah. not like uh, I'm I'm better than any – you know what I mean? He's really genuinely will listen to you talking. He's a really nice guy. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Not only super talented but super nice guy, Paul yeah. Shear. That, um, that was actually like because reality TV can be a little bit – Ugly and uh, like there's a lot of people scapegoating other people and they yeah. don't know their jobs. And when I got into the scripted stuff and I was working with like Paul and Ken Marino and I and people were like, well, is it intense? Is it? I'm like, they're kind of like really awesome, nice, nice guys. Like I can't really, you know, I don't want to like, y- you know, you you want to. Yeah. I I mean, I'd love to tell you like, oh yeah, it's cool that I'm getting to do this, but it's but it's worse than reality. It's actually it's like no, it's better on all fronts. Like the people yeah. are better. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Ken Marino's another guy. I've never met Ken Marino, and yeah, I could yeah. easily see him being like just kind of a cocky dude. But I'm glad you say he's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude is super funny and been like in, just in so many things. Yeah, that yeah. I've enjoyed. Um, so let's talk about uh, when you were working on reality editing for Second. Yeah, uh, I have some friends. I think I was at a party where a bunch of people were like were in, uh, in in reality editing, and somebody mentioned something about something that they. Well, they'll watch a show and they'll be like, that person didn't really say that. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so crazy to me that, I mean, I guess it's a reality show and it's like it's still they have the license to kind of move things around if they want. What do you call that when like you make it look like somebody said something bad to somebody, but really you just dropped in the dialogue while the other uh, – is that – first of all, is well, that an okay a thing, thing called, to do? And yeah. they, they, they just had a thing where there was some reality stars that were taking a stand against what they call frankenbiting. Yeah, okay, yes. That's... Which is where you literally just take a bunch – it is almost what you were suggesting with your opening. I think that's what they called it, frankenbiting. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned, where, yeah, where you would take words from different locations and put them all together. Um, and I, actually, I did do that for Burning Love where I was like, I didn't know I could make her say that, but I did. But uh, but, that, that's well, but that's a, a comedy. But that's okay. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, real yeah. people. Yeah. No, but you would definitely do it uh, – yeah, I mean, um, there's terrible, terrible things they want you to do on reality television. It's really just gross. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I mean, I don't know if I should um, air out specific. Uh, yeah, why, oh, why no not? one else will hear us except us, Jeremy. So you know, say, 
<laughs> no, no, no. I, I did a show that was about, um, and I they didn't ask me to do this, and I would have told them to go fuck themselves. I can swear on this. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but there was a show um, that was where they followed families through childbirth. Like they had cameras in the delivery rooms. There were four cameras, and they would follow these families in and- the birth canal. They had. They, they had a camera, <laughs> yes, up the eaters. The, uh, and, um, and, you know, they would have, like, one story where the family was kind of funny and then the other one where there was, like, maybe a little drama. But there was a family that had had, had, had a miscarriage and were here at the, on the verge of having their baby. And they wanted the editor to create a moment after the baby is delivered where they think that the baby is not alive. Oh, my God. That's horrible. And I was just like, fuck this fucking shit. Yeah. I Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, reality TV, I don't have any guilty pleasures in reality TV. Like, right. I guess having been in the trenches, I just know that it's all a bunch of horse shit. You know, like, I, I, I my, par- my parents watch HGTV, and they're like, oh, well, they found this house. And I'm like, well, they, they found that house for the people, and then they created the ones that— Right. That they think they're going to take because they're not going to follow people around. You don't have the time or the money to follow somebody around looking at 30 houses. Right. I I think like one of those famous shows where they're, I'll I'll just say in quotes, hunting for houses (laughs) that you can't be on that show unless you've already bought a house. And then they take you and have you look at the other two houses. Not to, you know, spoil that show, but guys, come on. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, my friend was watching one of them and they're like, they've got this house and it has satanic graffiti. And I'm like, that production company put that up there. I'm like, there's no... I mean, I'm not 100%, but I would not be surprised. You know, you have to, because you would literally have to be like, literally if you're editing it, you probably would be like, they'd be like, okay, we have to have our three obstacles that they right. have to overcome for this, you know, like, whatever. Well, and we all know people, you and I know people that work in the kind of the real estate and the mortgage industry, and yeah. there's no way they're showing a house to somebody if it's not ready to be shown and it's got weird, <laughs> yeah. st- you know what I mean? That stuff's all going to be fixed for the- satanic yeah. graffiti. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got a satanic graffiti, but let's-, let's Let's. I'll just stand in front of it so they don't see it. Um, that's funny. So it's a pool of blood. So it's yeah. almost like you can't enjoy a lot of reality TV because it's like you've been working in the sausage factory yeah. of reality TV, and you saw how that sausage is made, and you're like, no, nope, I'm not eating that. So yeah, yeah gotcha. I mean, I tend. To, I don't know. I mean, I I, I do enjoy some uh, silly stuff and things like that, but I just know that it's all. Yeah, horseshit, more or less. Well, and, all, and, and a lot of stuff when you were, like, watching it and you perceive it as being true, you as an editor, like, I can tell that that was manipulated a little bit or something, or you just know, like, this is probably what happened. So it's just not as fun for you, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was having a little, yeah, I mean, this is a tangent, but uh, that Bo Burnham special that some people are really loving, the inside. Bo Burnham Inside. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm just like, so he literally went and set up a camera to be like, here's going to be the wide shot of me being depressed. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I, it's just like the self-consciousness of it where it's going to be like, oh, I'm so dramatically depressed was just a little – I mean, I love eighth grade. I think he's super talented, but I just uh, – I was I didn't I, buy it. I thought yeah. Inside was like uh, – I thought it was very tongue-in-cheek when he was saying that too. I don't know. I, there was some cool stuff in it. Yeah. Uh, he's very talented. Yeah. I was watching – he was in that Promising Young Woman movie. Yeah, he was great in that. I though. did not even – I'm s- – you know how you see somebody not in the same in context. In yeah. context, I was like, I was like, this guy's really interesting. And then an hour in, I'm like, wait, that's 
that's bo- totally Bo Burnham. <laughs> yeah, 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 happening. yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, inside, some interesting editing on that. Um, well, I mean, it's amazingly created, yeah. but I just was aware of, like, it's of supposed to be this moment of him being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I'm going to kill myself. And then it's like, I'm like, how many takes did he do of that? Well, I was also... I <laughs> how was, many takes did he do of, oh, why am I even alive? You know? I want to be, I want to be, uh, gosh, what's the word? Not skeptical and think that, like, he was doing that intentionally to... I don't know. Being okay. ironic, uh, who knows? Maybe well, who knows? Was, because yeah. he knows that he's gonna, <laughs> that people and, are going and, to and have And the guy that also has actual legitimate mental health concerns Does that he? he's talked yeah. about, like with anxiety and stuff. So yeah. I mean, but it, you know, sometimes things connect with you, and sometimes they don't. So yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's uh, interesting. I, I do like it. It's interesting to watch. Yeah, and it's one of the more creative things I saw about the pandemic. I yeah. guess, type. Of. I was like, at the first half hour, I was like, this is cool, and then by the end, I was like, how much longer? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, a little yeah. bit like that too. It yeah, drug yeah. a little bit in the mid, and then towards the end, it kind of got. Uh, yeah. T- but what was the one? This is that our I, this is our review corner. Yeah, uh, yeah. right. I I did really love the song where he was the the, the white the Instagram girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah white yeah, woman was, Instagram. Yeah. Was that was really funny. I was like I was like I've seen all of these pictures <laughs> that he's doing. And it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that was really funny. Oh boy. Well, before we go any further, you and I had a uh, I would say very hearty, bodacious. Breakfast tacos and anytime tacos, I guess, also at a place called Home State. Yes, Home State. In parentheses, a Texas kitchen. Is that what they go? Is that that's there? It, it says sometimes a Texas kitchen. I guess maybe just to give it. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Home State junkie. Um, is that a place you go all the time? No, I mean I don't go there all the time, but it's somewhat nearby me. And well, there you know the first one was in like Los Feliz Hollywood, and I would meet friends over there, and then um, they opened the one in Highland Park, which is close to where I now live and okay. uh so yeah no i mean i was kind of uh, you know i'll take people who visit there or i'll take friends there but um and uh maybe every once a month or once every two months i'll get some tacos there yeah okay yeah um i i, I thank you for taking me there i really enjoyed it um i had three different tacos i had the let's see we both had two of the same ones right we had the pecos yeah with the brisket uh, and the eggs. With the brisket and the eggs. And they do have their own, like, uh, like salsa verde there, yeah. which was very good. Nice salsa. Uh, yeah. uh, and they make their own flour tortillas. So, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, how do you fall on the um, <clears throat> flour or corn tortillas? Well, that's that's the thing that you have to get. I, I have to, like, tell people ahead of time. I'm like, okay, I know you're going to want corn because that's, like, what is authentic, so mm-hmm. to speak. But this is a Tex Max style. Right. And they like I said, they make their own flour. So it's uh you should just don't bother with the you gotta do flour when you go there. I I, I mean often yeah. enjoy I will get the corn tortilla sometimes because it's supposed to be more authentic, but I I kind of enjoy the flour <laughs> once more. I don't know. Um, it just depends, I guess. If I'm getting, like, authentic, uh, like, from a truck, like, street tacos, I'll probably get the corn. And yeah. other than that, I'm probably not getting the corn. I, I will say, though, uh, and I, actually, I don't know if you told me what what uh, our friend Philip Wilburn and Matt Moore's review of the place was. But but I, I, do, I have talked to people who are from Austin and people who have been to Austin okay. who – are they're they're a little disparaging about home state. They're like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's what it, it is. What it is. But uh, you know, uh, yeah. Some uh, uh somebody told said it was like uh, the breakfast tacos in Austin made it made home state seem like McDonald's food. So oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I thought they were pretty tasty. Uh, you know. Yeah, I think they're pretty amazing. It it kind of depends. I I also 
always say this. People will like disparage a certain place and I'll say, well, what did you get there? Because there's you could go to a place and you get something that's not one of their specialties and get the wrong thing and totally judge it based on that. Judge it based on that. That's true. Actually, I had a friend who went to home state and was like, I don't think this place is that good. And then later he got the right stuff. And then he's like, he was going there all the time once he figured it out. Yeah. Look, just as a general thing for me, I find it really annoying if I, let's say if we, you and I had gone to home state and you're like, oh, you should try these. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to get the, uh, (laughs) these three things. And I'm like, nah, I didn't like it. And you're like, (laughs) well, I just told you based on my experience as an adult person that you, you hopefully think is a pretty intelligent person and has right. a decent palate, yeah. that these are the things you should try. Yeah. And you intentionally got three other things. <laughs> right, exactly. It's almost like going to, let's let's go to uh, uh, Mastro's Steakhouse and I'm going to get the uh, uh, the asparagus and, yeah. you know, you don't get a steak. You I, get... I, I had a friend who was a food critic in college and, and uh, I remember he got assigned like I think he, or they like, who wants to do like French rest? He picked French restaurants because he figured those are going to be the most expensive right. that he would get treated to. And I was like, you should, because you don't know what you're doing, you should just go and like in, in review their burger. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have the Royale, but cheese. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just go and do the exact wrong thing for the establishment and then judge it on that. Yes. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. I went to KFC and their um, yeah exactly. I don't know <laughs> their kale chips were terrible. <laughs> the salad was wilted. Yeah, the yeah. salad was not good at <laughs> too much dressing. Oh my god! Yeah, so we had the the uh, Pecos taco, which let's see, that was the organic eggs, and every all the eggs there are organic. So I don't know what makes them organic per se, but. Yeah. I don't know if it's because they're they're fed a certain thing, and I'm not sure, but they they do advertise that organic. They, technically, just means like carbon based, doesn't it? Yeah, I, th- I was like, what? Aren't all eggs organic? I don't I'm know. Not sure. I, I don't know what organic. Yeah, I don't know. Organic is kind of a catch all, but let's uh, take them at their word. Yeah, yeah but uh, maybe it means free range. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the Pecos tacos, those were good. The uh, the neches. That was the ones with the uh, the beans with the oh yeah the refried the beans bacony beans yeah, yeah that was really good too that was really tasty um, and, and then we both had the one of their specialties which is not a breakfast taco it's an anytime taco yeah. it's the potato tacos with and it's a vegetarian option with um, potatoes cheddar cheese sour cream we did we both held the sour cream yeah um, guacamole and cabbage slaw. Pico de gallo and pickled jalapenos. And I gotta say, yeah. I did not miss. I don't mind sour cream. I did not miss it at all on this though. I think yeah. the cheese was enough. Yeah, the, yeah. They kind of uh, they actually did an Instagram story where they show making this taco, and you're like, oh my god, that's amazing. Where they kind of brown the cheese and yeah. How lime. do they how do they brown that cheese? Because it was uh, I did really did they literally notice. just had like cheese on a frying thing, and that's like and then and they, then scoop they scrape it up, it up, and up and put and it on and there. Yeah, that's really smart. I don't yeah. know. I think most places just put the cheese. On yeah. there and let everything else kind of melt. That's the slaw and the jalapeno. Yeah, that 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 was a that I was a late adopter on that one. That was yeah. a uh, that was a later in my home state career. Uh, yeah. and uh, I'm glad and I'm glad you uh, joined me on that journey with that taco. Oh yeah, that uh, that yeah. melted cheese was. I think that's what made it. That's what put it over the top for me was the melted yeah. cheese and the way that it was melted, but it was 
crispy melted cheese because and the potatoes are a little crispy. Yeah. yeah. So that was really good to me. So thank you for introducing me to that place. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna Thanks for joining that. me. That okay. And I did not know there were other I mean, should we go there after this? I don't know. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's let's go to the one in uh on in Los Feliz this time. Just well there's get, actually they just opened one in Pasadena, uh and I think there's another one. Yeah, there's a several of them now. Oh wow. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was it was really tasty and uh I liked their whole vibe and the people were really nice and yeah. I had a cold brew also, I think. And did you did you have a drink? I just had an iced tea. Yeah. Iced tea. Okay. And it is a part of the, uh, you know, we were discussing how you had lived in that area uh, years past, and it was a yeah. bit of a different, uh, different feel there before. Yeah, it was. It's really uh, gentrified. Gentrified. Yeah. And whatever. I uh, okay. It's gentrified. People do say that like it's a bad thing, but it's also. Way nicer than it was. Like, yeah. it was a dangerous place to right. walk before. Um, so I guess I'll take that over the dangerous yeah. place to walk. I mean, literally I six, ju- six or seven years ago, it still was that way. Yeah. yeah. It's, been a- it's right across the street from the Highland. Is it called the Highland 2 or the Highland? Highland Park Theater, yeah. Highland Park Theater. And I that used to be one of my, if I didn't well, have any money, I would go to that theater. They do have, uh, they also have, um, like, margaritas and uh, you can get drinks there. And there's, you know, that little outdoor area. So I actually, and I have some friends that have, you know, go there with their kids because the kids can run around a little Had outside. Had a little outdoor area to, yeah. where you could run around. And yeah, that's nice. My friend's kids were, <laughs> my friend's kids were, uh, two of my friends had kids that were hanging out there and they got, they were playing with dirt. At, really? Yeah, outside there and got in a fight over the pile of dirt and uh, they got in a, Yeah. There was a battle over dirt. But, you know, hey, kids have a lot of imagination, and they can play with whatever you put in front of them. Kids have, yeah. Look, we spend all this. It's like, I'm going to compare kids to my to my animals I have at home, not my pets. But, like, I could buy the nicest uh, cat bed or the nicest toy for my cat, and they're just going to, like, choose that box. Just like right. a kid. They're going to yeah, choose yeah, the yeah. empty box to turn it into a NASA <laughs> yeah, thing yeah, like a yeah. kid would. And they're just like, yeah, I like this. What's this stupid bed you bought me? <laughs> I'm going to sleep in this cardboard box. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so apparently maybe our pets and our kids all just have better imaginations than us. And why are we spending money on this stuff? Yeah. Let them use their imaginations. Yeah. Like anyway. Bo Burnham in like his apartment. Like Bo Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> Circle. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for introducing me to the homestay. I had a really great time at, at Homestate. A Texas kitchen. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> anytime you got the hankering, hit me up. All right. Before we get out of here, I need to get three quick recommendations from Jeremy Cohen. What is the hidden gem show or movie that you love that people may not know? One thing I discovered during the pandemic, early in the pandemic, and it was a great comedy escape, was the show Toast of London. Have you seen that? No. It's, um. do you know Matt Berry, who was in uh, What We Do in the Shadows? Have you watched that? Yes. You know, it's funny, like, he's in What We Do in the Shadows, and until this last season, I was like, they didn't really utilize him to his full extent, because right. I had seen him on this show, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which is a totally insane okay. uh, sci-fi spoof. This is a show where he, that's like his show, um, it's like, you know, a British show, so it's like six episode seasons, and he plays like a, he's not really a washed up actor, because he works, Yeah, but he goes for like the most demeaning <laughs> jobs, <laughs> and he just like, and... You know, it's kind of his adventures, and it's you know absurd and over the top. But uh, and because he's a guy who has this deep voice, and he talks in these dramatic tones, right. you know, um, and uh, has little sexual exploits, and it's just funny and absurd and ridiculous. And actually, as an actor, you would en- enjoy it. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's. Uh, I was gonna say when you're saying all those different parts that he plays, I was like, God, that's this is bringing me back to my real it, life. The first, <laughs> the first, the first season of the show, he always has to rush at the end of the episode to go on stage for some terrible show that he's in. Yeah, and they never say what it is, but apparently, there's always people protesting outside of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah, I gotta check that out. <laughs> all right, what is the show or movie that you watch just for fun? I don't know. I, I was. I, I did watch a lot of. Um, uh, bad horror and sci-fi movies during the, uh, hmm. you know, like we're talking, I've, I, you know, from the B to the D list. Uh, right. I've, and um, what's one of the what's one of the best bad sci-fi movies or horror movies that you saw during the pandemic? The Return of the Living Dead and uh, Night of the Creeps. Those are both really fun sci-fi comedy ones. Night of the I've never even heard of Night of the Creeps. Definitely check it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds cool. What is the short movie that inspires you? You know, I guess I'm going to stick with, with with things that I watched during the pandemic. I did do a lot of watching of old movies and stuff with friends, um, and I definitely was been did. Uh, you know, so we did highbrow and lowbrow. I did some Criterion collection okay. stuff, and it was cool to go back to some things that I hadn't seen since uh, college and and uh, seeing that they still inspire me. I did. We did recently rewatch, and it's not on Criterion. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon, and that movie's ah oh, so good, so amazing, yeah. and it and it's still works you know yeah. and it's and it's hilarious at the beginning of it it's kind of you forget how funny it is right yeah and it ages really well cool yeah well thank you for those recommendations i appreciate it guys if you'd like to get more breakfast stuff such as pics of jeremy Cohn and i enjoying our breakfast from home state a texas kitchen go to my website brentpope.com you can listen to all the breakfast episodes there you can see clips of all my tv appearances and finally you demanded it a breakfast store with a bunch of fun stuff shirts mugs stickers masks Perfect for the holidays, which are right around the corner, you guys. It's all in there. People of Earth, do yourself a favor by picking up something from the Brentford store. You'll be so glad that you did. On social media, you can hit me up on Instagram at Scoops Pope. Give me a follow, and if you have a breakfast question, ask away. Make sure you follow my Facebook actor page as well. And if you like the show, please subscribe, leave us a review, share it with friends. Breakfast is being enjoyed all over the United States and in 36 other countries, over six continents. And trust me, my omelet omnivore is my coffee cohort. We are just getting started. Special thanks to my editor, the one and only Rosemary Brown, for all the breakfast slicing and dicing. Much appreciate. Big ups to my studio engineer, Marco Leon, for making me sound so good. Hey, Jeremy I'm, Cohen. I'm going to give another three cheers to your editor just because oh. she's an editor. Rosemary Brown. Hip, yeah. hip. Hooray. Uh, Rosemary Brown is great. Jeremy Cohen, what is next for you, and where can we find you on social media? Oh, uh, social media, let's see, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at um, CityLifeJC. Uh, yep. And uh, next, I well, I'm finishing up working on Tracy Morgan's The Last OG Season 4. Nice. And uh, that's going to be a really cool season if you're a fan of that show. Um, it, and um, I can't believe it's on Season 4. Yeah. That's crazy. No Tiffany Haddish, though. Oh, but, really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then um, uh, Young Rock Season 2, and I think I'm going to, I think, well, I might be doing Ali Wong's next comedy special, but, you know. Cool. I'll, I'll tell you to edit that out if it doesn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm a fan of getting Ali Wong mentions on the show. It's a schedule. No matter thing. what. Yeah. yeah well, things yeah. could always yeah, yeah, yeah. change, you yeah. know? Cool. Well, thank you for all the cool, like, insider uh, info about editing because it's things I think maybe a lot of the audience members don't know and no. they don't even know who to ask about this stuff. Yeah. Except for maybe you. Because you've worked in the, the reality, the fake reality, <laughs> and then the non the scripted. So that's cool. You've, you've done it all. Congrats on on working on all those cool projects, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's keep exploring more uh, Brentford spots around because I feel like you're a 
you're, I, you're I'm a, kindred, a brunch fan. Yeah, yeah, you're a kindred spirit in in that whole uh, seeking out the. Yeah, well, th- and thanks for uh, you know I'm flattered uh, to be uh, asked. Uh, you know, editors were like quiet behind the scenes guys. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I honestly I know a lot of editors, but I was thinking like a lot of them may not want to come on the show. Some of them just do not have the personality where they would. Yeah. Be verbose enough, right? Uh, you know, yeah, and that's fine. They don't yeah. have to be, but you are. I know a very I don't good sh- conversation. I don't fucking shut up. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I'm gonna have to edit all this out. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks again for coming Get in. Get me started on politics. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and with that, guys, we put another completely unedited, worthy episode of Rent Us Rent Pope in the old to go bag. <laughs>